Welcome back to season three of the Quiet Landscapes podcast. I'm really delighted to return with episode one, where I chat with Sean Tucker about his book, Meaning in the Making, and also thoughts around the why of photography, metaphors, life philosophies, introversion, and the concept of retreat to find inspiration. It's a really fantastic episode to start off with, what is set to be a wonderful season ahead of us. I have had probably about 13 years where I've been looking at trying to learn and understand creativity, well-being, topics like self-acceptance and my style and where I was going with my work. So I've had quite a long period of time um, reading and thinking about that. And I've got loads of notebooks, I've got about 20 or 30 notebooks on all these subjects. It's all a bit random, it's all a bit over the place. Um, and I was wondering, well, where do, where, do, where do these all come together? How do these come together? And not long ago, it wasn't that long ago that I bought Sean's book and I read it. And it was just like this sort of moment of clarity for me. It was as if everything that I was had been thinking about for so many years was in one book. It's like a handbook. <laughs> so for me, it's it's a really powerful book. I think it probably is as important as Julia Cameron's Artist's Way. That's quite a sweeping statement, isn't it? Wow. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Good, isn't it? But yeah. to me, it is actually. It's got more. It's it's um, got a lot of the same topics in there, but it's got more clarity and it seems to be a little bit more up to date, I suppose. It's more relevant in today's world. So do you want to just tell us a little bit about the book from your point of view? Yeah, I, th- I think the, the book for me was like, a, it came around at a good time. It, the, the publisher approached me probably, I think it was March in 2020. So literally just before we went into our first set of lockdowns. And, um, you know, they said, do you want to do you want to do a book? And I'd already sketched out this idea for a book on a retreat I took a couple of years before, actually, um, because I found that I was making videos on my YouTube channel talking about the creative life and some of the philosophy around it and and how to be more or more mentally healthy as a as a creator in this in this whole journey of trying to make things. Um, but the videos are a very limited format. You've only got kind of 20 minutes and you can't really get a lot done in that time. You can't dig down very deep. Um, so I had, I had all this depth that I wanted to get to and these stories that I wanted to tell. So I, I'd sketched this book idea out on this retreat in Iceland and, and it kind of just sat in a notebook for a year. And then these guys came around in yeah, March of 2020 and said, do you want to do the book? And I, because we just went straight into lockdown from then, it was the perfect opportunity to sit down for seven months and just crack through this thing and put everything down. And I suppose for me, it was my attempt to put down everything I'd learned as a, as a creative person. And I, I've, always, I've always made something, you know, from from drawing as a teenager to being in bands in my 20s to public speaking and then photography and filmmaking. And there were things I'd learned along the way that I think have helped me set my expectations better um, and stay motivated and stay inspired, all those kind of things. So it was was a great opportunity to put all this down in in a more systematic way. And that's what it's an attempt to be. It's kind of my creative philosophy. Yeah, it's it's fantastic, and I think some of the the subjects that you've touched on are just for me they're just they're just really really powerful things, 
um, like the the critique actually I found really really interesting the the idea that you know we do need we do need critique on our, our work but you've got to yeah. be really careful of who you take that critique from yeah <laughs> that was what I took from that section anyway um and the other thing the other the ideas of self-awareness I think self-awareness um is is something mm. that, that that sort of runs through it all um self-awareness to me is the most important part of photography is that uh, a sweeping statement again or what no. would you agree with that no you're not the first to say it I mean I, I think self-awareness comes up and again and again because I think that might be to do with my personality I, my, I think my biggest fear uh, is to be found out for, for not knowing my own self or my own journey best I think we we, we really feel the biggest fools when we get to a, a point where someone has seen an aspect of ourselves and it's very obvious to everyone else, but it's not obvious to us. That's the most embarrassing thing. So I've always had this thing of like, I'm really going to dig down as deep as I can to get to know how I'm wired, what's important to me, you know, and, and also be able to tell what work of mine is good and what's not. So, and to have a sober view of that on both ends. So not to think it's better than it actually is. And also not to think it's worse than it actually is. I don't. I don't want other people to be telling me the whole time. Oh no, you're a good photographer. Stop. Stop looking down at yourself because that's that's a kind of blindness. Like that, I don't realize how far I've come. But then to think I'm one of the best photographers in the world would also be a weird kind of arrogance that's not accurate at all. I'm somewhere in the middle, and I, and I I I I want to stay kind of sober about that because I think it it means that when you get feedback from people saying, oh, your work's rubbish, you can have the self-assurance to say, well, no, it's not. And also equally, when people go, oh, my gosh, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen, you can also go, no, it isn't. <laughs> it definitely isn't. So that you're not like brought down by every comment that comes at you or puffed up unnecessarily. I think having that that sober view is is really important. Yeah, it's just a bit of humility, isn't it? And I, I think that that, yeah. that does it's missing from a lot of photographers. And I, I notice that when it's missing from the, the photographers, you, it, they don't have the sort of depth or um, clarity of work as, as as other people who are a little bit more aware, I suppose. And yeah, I guess that that it is a really important part. But I suppose that the other thing is that um, self awareness becomes because you're bringing your, you're bringing yourself to your work, aren't you? So the more that you know yourself, the better your mm. work's going to be. I think so. I mean, I, I worked out lots of little things about my own photography by by going to counselling and therapy and doing personality tests. I, I was photographing in a very intuitive way, particularly with street photography, uh, where I would go out and I would photograph, you know, light and shadow in spaces and often have a single subject walking through, but they'd be silhouetted and quite anonymous. And that was an intuitive thing I was doing. And then other people pointed out to me, hey, this looks like Fan Ho's work, who I didn't know at the time. I had to go look him up. And this looks like Edward Hopper's paintings, who I didn't know at the time. I had to go look him up, you know. But the more I dug in on those kind of things, I saw here, here are artists that have preceded me and done this work, you know, for, for much of their career, who've focused on individuals in city settings um, and almost anonymous or this, this feeling of loneliness and I was, even though I was photographing intuitive, it was only when I started to acknowledge who I am, that I, I'm an introvert and that city spaces make me feel quite uncomfortable. And I'm the person who will, rather than walk down Oxford Street, I'll go one street over because it's quieter. And I'm walking on quiet streets in those kind of spaces that actually what I was doing intuitively was, was photographing my own experience of being in a city in these other individuals or single figures walking alone in spaces. 
And it was that that self-awareness was what unlocked it for me. Before I admitted that to myself, I, I was just making images because I liked the look of them, but hadn't interrogated why or where that was coming from. Yeah, that that completely resonates with me. I um I, I always look back to when when I was nineteen, I was I went to to art college to start with, and I was painting. I used to paint huge seascapes, um, and then I went to switch and did start doing photography. And I was taking my camera out on my surfboard. Didn't know why it was intuitive. It's that sort of going back to that intuitive stage before. Um, the sort of the the awful critiques happened, and you, I got knocked back a little bit. <laughs> so in those in those free sort of creating days, um, that was that was me, and and I had to kind of get back to that. So it's like it's been a long journey back to to that, um, and that those times of of um, looking at, at I call it self awareness because you you're looking at who you are, and the introvert part of it was a big thing for me when I was around about 35 and it was it changed my life actually because mm. I read Susan Cain's book Quiet do you know that book I have heard of it I haven't read it yeah. yeah it's really good so that changed my whole view of it when I realized actually I'm uh I'm fine as an introvert this is just how I, yeah. I thrive and create and it's amazing mm. everything just changed so I started traveling alone and you know so but I find it interesting that you're you're an introvert and you you even talk about walking in London and living in London because I can <laughs> I just couldn't I couldn't do it I mean, I'm glad to be out of it now. I mean, the only reason to be there was to get work. It really was a practical decision and definitely not a, a preference. And now that I'm in the wild of North Yorkshire, like it definitely feels, it definitely feels more like home to be out, you know, with space to be able to, you know, run across the field outside the house and be in the woods to go for a walk. Like that feels much more like me. I'm not, I don't need to be out at a party every night or going to dinner with friends and being on buses and tubes. I don't need that life at all. I'm, I'm happy to skip it and, and swap it for this. It's definitely more where I'm happy. I wonder then how your work will change. Do, do you know how your work will change? Because obviously we, we kind of know your work as being sort of street kind of. Uh, do you have that many streets? And yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a few. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. The, the short answer is I don't know. I mean, I, th I think most people online would think I'm a street photographer, but I don't, I don't see myself that way because it's that's the kind of stuff I'd post to Instagram, for example. But the, the work I do is more in portrait photography, and that can carry on the same up here. Um, the focus of that has, has switched, which is nice. And the style will probably switch a bit as well, which is a fun challenge. But in terms of the day-to-day -day stuff that I'm doing running around, yeah, I'm not in, you know, big glass and steel structure London anymore with hard lines. But I'm loving the challenge of that. And I kind of, even before I left London, for a good year before, I took the challenge to walk around the, the commons. So Wandsworth Common, Clapham Common was close to me, uh, Wimbledon Common, to just photograph in those spaces because I thought I'm going to need to almost train my eye to not have those very hard lines to work with and to find different things to do. And people noticed that there, what I was posting started to change even before I moved. And that was a conscious decision. And I think some people even said they preferred it, which was nice as well. So I, 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 I never wanted to get locked into one thing. I know how to do the city thing. Like I can go to any city in the world now and pretty much pull off that sort of photography because it's it's, I've got into the habit of it. I know how to do it. I'm well practiced in it, but I, I'm weaker in all these other sorts of photographies that you, that you might do in a place like Yorkshire. So this is an opportunity to start from scratch and build up a new set of skills. How do I go to a little coastal town and photograph interesting things or go into the forest or go up onto the moorland or, or photograph in cities like York, which aren't, 
which don't have skyscrapers and it's got a lot more character to it. Like I'm building new skill sets and I'm, I'm, I'm not good at it yet, which you have to start new things by not being good at them. But I, I, I know that pushing through this sort of photography for four or five years, like I did with the previous sort of photography, I'll get good at this too. And it'll be another tool in the toolbox, which is great. Yeah, and it opens doors, doesn't it? And sometimes these things just just take off, don't they? When you you do something new and you you learn, um, and and yeah, you find actually this is this is my new new path, I suppose. It certainly works like that for me. Anyway, I started doing some uh, underwater photography just for fun. Um, but don't the best projects just come by just doing it for fun? Um, and now yeah. it's yeah, it's leading to an exhibition next year. So um, I've got I'm doing it a bit more seriously now, but it's still fun. <laughs> still great <laughs> yeah absolutely it's those days when you just try something random isn't it you like just experiment with something that's why like i think we make a mistake when we get too locked into the way we do our photography or the sort of photographs we're known for we just keep repeating those photographs over and over again we get we stall our own growth we we have to give ourselves the permission to play more or like in your case go and buy an underwater camera kit you know so you can you can try something completely different a new perspective unlocks a completely new style of photography for you or images that you can include in your portfolio which makes your work richer i think i think we should never stop changing our context pointing our camera at different things and trying things where we're completely out of our depth probably literally in your case <laughs> like <laughs> Don't go too far out of my depth, and not that I'm not not quite um, so good at swimming with the underwater camera. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm getting there with the technique, but it took me about three years to get the um, the kit to get to, to be able to use it. So <laughs> it's taken that long. It's, it's quite quite difficult. I think a lot of people don't realise that, do they? They look at you and they think, "Oh, you're amazing at that." But actually, it's taken a long time to learn and a lot of mistakes. Um, you know, so it is that sort of um, em embracing the. The, the the failure the, the going well I'm just going to try it and if that doesn't work it doesn't matter isn't it that's really important isn't it yeah absolutely yeah so it'll be interesting to see um to see what you what you come up with one of the things that I find quite interesting is that do, do the tools change for you or um well they obviously haven't they because you've gone into write to writing so being creative and the the message that you have can come out in different formats can't it yeah I always just try and stay as loose as possible with things I've, I've got a set of skills you know which i'm trying to expand all the time so I'm a, I'm a competent photographer i can shoot natural light and strobe i'm i'm a i'm a filmmaker so i can make video um i've got a musician background as well which helps me in the filmmaking side i've got the writing side as well and i i always feel like then what I do is I, f I fill myself with things that inspire me. So I try to read a lot of books and watch documentaries that interest me and put things into my head that I let sort of churn and percolate around until an idea comes out. Or I go like, hang on, enough stuff has kind of sat in there and some things have slotted together. And now I think I have something to say about an, a, a topic. Then I go into that toolbox that I built and go, which of these tools will help me best say that thing? Um, and, and I really do just try to keep it that loose um, because, you know, like I said, the, the, the whole reason that the book came about was was because of the inadequacy of short form video. I was never going to be able to say everything I wanted in, in, in short form videos. And so so I had to put that tool aside and pick up the writing side to be able to say it better. Um, and I'm picking up a new tool for next year, for example. So I've, I put out a book of photography every year for the last five years in these collections 
And um, this year was the last year with those. And next year, I want to try something slightly different because, again, I realize I need a new tool. And I want to do shorter form zines, which combine the photography and the writing, because I think there's a, there's a new tool to be had in the combination of those two things. It's kind of silly that I write, but I also photograph, but I don't stick those two things together. So that's a new tool that maybe I'll, I'll have another way to say things that I want to say. So yeah, it's just, it's just a case of, you know, feeding your mind the whole time and expanding the toolbox. And when the, when the right moment comes, you'll know which of those two need to go together, which message and medium need to go together to say it best. Yeah, I guess it's just evolving, isn't it? But I think to evolve, you have to have those that sort of fundamental uh, of knowing yourself enough and feeling confident enough to to be, to be able to let that happen, and also yeah. letting go of the things like um, perfectionism and fear <laughs> of failure and all of all of those things. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which you know, it's it's a lot, isn't it? <laughs> so, and a lot of people they get stuck at at that point, don't they? I think there's a lot of people that. Um, the, the stumbling block isn't the, the development of the work, it's in themselves, isn't it? I think so. I think too many people neglect it. I mean, it's so normal when you start out in an art form that you go, okay, I need to know how to do this thing. You almost approach it like a technician and you go, okay, uh, and this is most of the people who have ever found my YouTube channel, for example, is because they search for for answers to questions like, like how do I take a photograph with a speed light? you know, or, or which camera should I buy? Those kind of things. That's the kind of things they're searching for beginners because they want to, they want quick wins. And they think if I buy the right camera, it will get me to take good photographs. Or if I learn how to use this light, it will make me take good photographs. And it takes a lot of us too long. It took me too long to realize that I can, I can have all the techniques in the world and I can have the fanciest kit on the planet, but I don't know what to point it at until I work out who I am and what I want to say. And I think the, the, the midpoint of our journeys where we start to produce really interesting stuff is the point where we start asking ourselves, uh, who am I? What do I care about? What do I have unique access to? Um, what stories do I want to tell? What message do I want to put into my work? That's when it starts to get interesting, not just technically competent, but starts to get filled with with more meaning. So yeah, for me, that's where things really start to get unlocked. And honestly, like people might look at me and think, well, you know, he's a... He's a he's a really good photographer because he's got lots of people who follow him online. But in, in my own mind, I'm still a baby photographer. Like I, I've got to that midpoint, but I'm just starting to step over that midpoint. I'm really I'm really got a long, long way to go. I, ha I have a bunch of skills that impress beginners. But in terms of like producing a body of work that says something important, I haven't done that with my photography yet. I've started to do it with video. And I feel like the book is is an attempt to do that in a way that I'm quite proud of. But I've got a long way to go with photography and that's fine because it's, you know, it's all a journey. That's really great to hear, actually, because, you know, I feel that as well. I don't I don't I, I think mm. I'm just just starting, really. Um, I'm confident in my photography, but, it, you know, there's a long way to go. But because I want to um, yeah, become more, more powerful with the words and the images together, I think I started to do that when I did an exhibition a couple of years ago for the Bosom Gallery. And it was um, it was a quite a big solo exhibition the the owner um, was really good at working with me because I was really quite new then, and he really got me to do a lot of writing around my work, and it really made me think. It really made me. I had to think. What is this about? What's the work about? Why is it? Why is it cohesive? And we we called it quiet in the end, and it was about. Um, it was like an observation on the quiet places that I photographed, but also introversion and and creating in solitude, and why why we need to create in solitude sometimes, and why we need to take this time. 
So it, it became actually a really important turning point in uh, depth uh, and understanding of how you, how words and images work together, just just like what you were saying about the the, the book that you want to create. Um, so I do think it's a really powerful thing to mm. um, start considering the, the writing writing with images. For me, it's really important. For me, I like words with images and your book actually I bought your last your last collection um and I loved the I loved the quotes actually <laughs> your yeah, images yeah. is lovely um but it was the quotes actually that I really mm. really took to so oh that's great yeah I mean you're, you're a lot further down this road than me you've you've done the photography and writing combination and you kind of you've moved along a little bit so it's a road I still need to I still need to get on but I'm excited for it yeah, but I think that in your uh, videos, the the videos um, on on you, the, not not the tech tech ones, but the the philosophical ones, mm-hmm. um, there's it's all there, isn't it? It's it's all there. Oh, it's yeah, just yeah, got yeah. to it's got to got to merge merge the two, hasn't it? And then it's you know. Yeah, it's. It, I'm not starting from scratch. I think the problem is in in my own head that I've always kept them so separate, and I've I think that because I allow myself to to really experiment and play. With my photography, especially the photography I share on something like Instagram, I, I mean, I post pretty much daily. I mean, I can't post a good image daily. I'm not that good a photographer. So it really is a lot of experiments and play in there. It's just something that I found aesthetically interesting in a space. And I took the image and shared it. But now it's it's this idea that I'm going to give myself a target for, for photography. I'm going to go after a, a subject and photograph around a subject with a focus and then do some writing around that is a is a really exciting challenge i think and something i've i've honestly never tried in that way so it's, okay cool. so do you think that 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 it's one subject so i'll tell you a little story when i when i was first going through this uh, awful time in life awful times in your life are great aren't they because they they bring change about and they, they give you um it's like that the, the idea of really tough times it, it gives you that ability to change and to rise and to have empathy and understanding for other people you know and and um gives you a purpose basically now when i was just going through that i the first thing one of the first things i did was i watched a ted talk by simon sinek i think you say sinek do you know him mm no. No. Oh, he's he had a TED talk on uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it was about how um, great leaders inspire. That was it. And he said right. this had a massive effect on. This was like thirteen years ago, and I wrote it down, and it's in one of my earliest notebooks. And he says that it's like a circle, and in the middle, on, on the outside, um, there's everybody who kn- knows what they do. So all organisations and leaders and artists, whatever, they know what they do. And on the second circle on the inside, um, some know how they do it. And in the middle, very, very few people know why they do it. And that's not, we take away the motivation of money. We, we start to think, well, what, what's your purpose? What's your cause? What's your belief? So the why, um, there's very few people that know why. So and the really successful leaders uh, know why. So yeah. I sp- I'm coming round to a thought process there, but I suppose it's that what, what you know it, it starts with. Well, what is what is your why, and is is that one one thing? Is it one big long project? So I'm still thinking about that. Is my why mm. one big long project, or is it lots of different things? Yeah, and I think it can be it can be different things at different levels. So I I have a top tier why, like I have my why for for everything that I do. It's it's the it's why I went and studied psychology it's why i went and worked for the church for a decade it's why i ended up doing a youtube channel and putting a book out or run retreats or whatever i do it's because i I, i've got a a passion for 
helping people get a handle on their own lives in a way that they're more fulfilled and more happy and more healthy. And, and I mean, I'm going back to studying in September and I'm studying counseling to go back and actually maybe pick up therapy as a career down the road, because it, it, no matter what I do, that's my why that's, that's what it gets me up in the morning. It makes me excited when it's working. So that's my kind of top tier. Why if you took photography and filmmaking away from me today, I'd, I'd, I'd find another outlet for that. Why? Um, but I think, I think on the, on the kind of lower levels, I would love like an individual written slash photography publication to have its own subject. Like, and I want to try, I want to try challenge myself because there'll be short form zines to have like a, each one to have its own very, very pointed topic that I might be able to use. I mean, the way I'm kind of thinking about them, I haven't told anyone this yet, but the way I'm kind of thinking about them is almost using them like little parables. So, you know, a parable is obviously a story told with a meaning. So can I go out and can I photograph something that's interesting to me visually that I can then use almost as a metaphor or a parable to talk about one very particular thing on a deeper level. So that's the challenge I'm trying to give myself, um, which, which I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm really amped about, but it all links back to that top tier. Why? You know, because that's what I'm driven by. That's what gets me up in the morning. Yeah, I suppose then when you, you're talking about that, I'm, I'm sort of visualising that as you're talking about it. But you're, mm. you, there's some of the things that you're touching on in the book that, that that's really, really helping people massively is uh, uh, talking about these things of what's envy and, well, maybe not envy, but perfectionism control, you know, acceptance, approval, all of these things, that, mm. they're massively helpful to people. So how do you then combine that with images? But I'm sure there's a way. And I'm sure that almost you could take a section. I'm not writing your zines for you, but you'd almost take a section of those books and do a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do a, a yeah. visual, visual yeah. scene on each each of those sections because they're so so well written. You've got so much so much to give and so much to ha- to help other people with. That would be amazing. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it's, it really is just around this idea of, of of metaphor, isn't it? I mean, I know that you played with metaphor in your work. A quiet place is a visual metaphor for something, you know. Um, I'm sure the reason that you photograph water has its own metaphor, you know, that you're, that you're bringing out in, in your writing as well. All these things, like they have other layers to them. The reason, the reason I'm fascinated by light and shadow and I dive into this on the book is not just visually appealing. It's a metaphor for me. The idea that the way that I expose a camera is by protecting highlights and letting the shadows fall dark and embracing the shadows. I've kind of turned into a little bit of a life philosophy. That was me turning a visual technique in photography into a way of talking about something that's actually much more important and and to everybody, regardless of whether you're a creative person or a photographer in particular. Um, so it's more of that kind of stuff, I think. One of the things that was really um, just just it just came to my head. One of the the first time that I saw you, I think it was I can't remember. It was a few years ago, but there was a video came up on introversion and. Um, it just just mm. hit me. It was it, you know, I'd already gone down that road of understanding mm. it, but the way you'd put it together and yeah. and some of the the quotes, I screenshotted a quote actually, and I still got it on my computer somewhere, and it was just amazing. Yeah, it cool. actually, I remember it. It said something like, "It's going to take you longer." Something like, "You'll know what it is. It's, it's going to take you longer, and you're going to have to work." harder uh, than most other people who shout louder but that's that's the general idea do you Mm -hmm. remember that i do it's at the beginning yeah i can't remember the wording exactly but yeah i know which one you're talking about yeah yeah it was when i was struggling with um being an introvert in in landscape photography and and wondering why Mm. it was taking me so long (laughs) 
and nobody was listening to me um, and and battling with that. And I battled with that for, for many years. And actually, you know, I'm getting to a place now where people are listening, but it's taken me a ridiculous, mm-hmm. ridiculous amount of time. And I've often wondered why, uh, whether it's because I'm live, I live up in the north of Scotland. I'm, you know, I'm a woman in landscape photography. I'm not very good, <laughs> or, um, you know, or, all of these things. And I, I, I've come to the conclusion it's because I'm an introvert and I don't, I don't stamp my feet and shout as loud as other people. Well, that's it. And you're not, you're not talking about your photography taking time to get good because your photography is great. It's about getting your work out there, isn't it? Like introverts are always like, a step behind because there's things we will and won't do. Like we're not interested in in pushing ourselves and promoting ourselves and and yelling about how brilliant we are because it's not it's not comfortable for our personalities. And it's not how we're wired. And yes, to to the crowd out there who are looking for confidence because it's attractive, extroverts will get a leg up early on. But hopefully, if you stick at it, your work rises to the top in its own time. And that's. And then hopefully because it because of the quality you built in, it, it is cream that rises to the top and stays there because it does take people a while to work out the difference between good and bad photography. Most people can't tell the difference. But those who are paying attention, it does take a while for good photography to surface because of its merits, not because of the photographer who's yelling about how brilliant their work is. It takes a while for people to sift. But when you get there, yeah, I mean, it's it sticks. And you built a legacy for yourself. I mean... You, 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 I would put in the same category as someone, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Simon Baxter, who's a woodland photographer. Um, again, he he was in that video you're talking about on extra on introverts and in creativity, and he's someone who doesn't yell about his work. Um, and I honestly think he's one of the better landscape photographers working in the country, and hands down, one one of the best woodland photographers in the world. But how many people know that? Well, not many because he's not out there yelling about it. And you know what? You're lucky if you find him. You're, you're lucky if you, you if you discover him. He's the great indie band that no one else knows about, you know? And that I put you in the same category in my head. Like that's, it, it's, you're lucky to find people like you. You're not the guys who are on the stage at the photographer's show because, it, because they're like quote unquote celebrities who've got massive followings. But the quality of the work speaks for itself and it, it does rise to the top over time. That feels a bit odd being described in the same um, same sentence as Simon Bass. I love his work. I think it's uh, yeah, cool. it, it's quietly quietly beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah, 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 yeah. But you, but you're right, and I think a lot of it's to do with energy levels because um, introverts like spend energy, don't they, when they're, they're they're you know out talking, and you you need that time to to, to rest and recover, don't you? So it just it just takes a bit longer. But mm-hmm. I do think that we do, we do have um, that sort of like um, we stick with things and it's a bit more authentic, and it, it just takes takes longer. But we'll get there eventually. So. <laughs> There's hope. I've done a lot of talks, like little little talks to um, camera clubs, and people always. One of the things that I always touch on at the introvert thing, um, they always come back and they go, "Oh, that really helped me to think I'm not, you know, I'm not just. Um, mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with me, and uh, it, it's really helpful." So, no, you're not broken. <laughs> no, definitely not broken. <laughs> it's actually a bonus in a lot of ways, isn't it? It's um, when you when you can view it like that. So I, I think a lot of the things that you're doing are really really important thing a very hard to understand isn't it when you're first starting out mm-hmm. but it is true um so the other thing i just wanted to touch on is um the the chapter um it's breathe, breathe. is it breath or breathe you're asking me now <laughs> in your book and uh, <laughs> you're looking at me going 
I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> There's a book called uh, Breath or Breathe by James Nestor. Have you read that? No. No. It's, re it's really quite powerful. It's all about... Um, about breathing mm. <laughs> and the importance of doing it right mm -hmm. uh, but it's more more on the technical side and um yeah it's it's quite powerful actually mm. breathing properly i learned that i was in uh, uh i did a, a respiratory rehab for about a year ah. it was so so um eye-opening you know you can have i won't go into it too much but you know it can really change a lot of things for you physically if you breathe away but anyway I um, read that chapter and I, I, it was actually the end of season, my season two. And I mentioned it in like the end of season two of, of this podcast because um, it really resonated with me. The fact that we need to take, I mean, I know this anyway, but when you um, vocalize it in the way that you vocalize things, um, it's just so clear uh, and, it, and affirming as well. But taking that space and taking that time away to inspire and to, to have that space for, for being creative, so important. Yeah, so I ended up shortly after that finding the retreat in, in Italy and coming out to Italy with you. And that was just incredible, I have to say, really, really um, incredible. So is that something that you think you'll be um, a route that you're going down a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's honestly, the it's such a natural follow on from everything else I'm doing. You know, there's always ways to to build more depth and I'm always looking for those. So the videos are kind of that top level thing, but then the book was the next level down and it was like, I can really dig in on this material and now my colors to the mask with it for those who want to, who want to go down that level. Cause not many people read books these days. So it's, it's not, not everyone's going to come down to that level. It requires a lot more patience from them. And then I thought, well, what's a, what's a deeper level than that? Well, what if we go away together for a week and practice this stuff, especially that, that, that breath chapter, especially taking that intentional space for ourselves and connecting with each other and with ourselves and trying to work out where we're going and what we're trying to say. So, yeah, I mean, it's, this was the first one we did. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I had an absolute blast and it was, it was everything I hoped it would be. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit worried that we just got lucky with the right group of people who really got it. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've, we've booked the same venue again for next year, uh, for June and September and, you know, fingers crossed now that people have seen it's a real thing because we had talked about it a couple of times and had to cancel it because of COVID and everything else. But, you know, finally being able to do this, hopefully there, there will slowly be this community of people who can take these retreats together and then, and then really build community. One of, one of the things I loved about it, I don't know about you, but was just the fact that I'm well aware that. A lot of the, the, the meaningful stuff that people took away from that week was nothing to do with what I said. It was to do with what someone else said in a conversation that they had who was also on the retreat. There was a proper like egalitarian community sense between us so that when we weren't taking time for ourselves, we were talking to other people who were photographers or makers of things. And, and just in those conversations, we all learned so much. And, you know, now we get to keep up with these people and have this more intentional community. And, and I couldn't be happier about that. That's that's just first prize for me. Um, so, yeah, definitely. I, I definitely want to keep doing them going forward and, and really dig in on those. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, for me, it was um, it was 
just perfect timing at, at the time. It's what what I I really need to do. I, I I knew that. In fact, I've got I've got just quickly. Um, I've got a, a lady who's in my membership group, and we've been chatting. She's saying she doesn't quite know what she needs at the moment. What's it? If she wants to go on a retreat, but she doesn't know whether she wants a retreat. She doesn't know whether she wants mentoring or. And, and I think we just have different times in our life that we need different things. And yeah. um, she she really got me thinking, and I I sent her a message saying, well, there's lots of things I've done over the years and I just respond to what I need at the time it's not always photography it's you don't always have to go on a photography workshop we don't always have to go and, and right. be mentored by a photographer some of the things that I've done that have changed things for me um is going to India I, I've mm. uh, started going to India to do Ayurvedic treatment and that was um didn't take my camera at all took my phone and <laughs> <laughs> uh, not my camera and that was really that's been life-changing for me actually because mm. it in my creative space, not just because your well-being in your creative space is, is joint, but also in just having two weeks to myself, um, yeah. not talking to anybody else. <laughs> yeah. And I've created all sorts from that. A lot of my notebooks have come from that. Um, mm. And then I took a course with Kathy Heller, who's a, a more of a sort of inspiring business kind of, uh, she's just incredible. So most of the things I do are not directly photographic related. And I think that's what drew me to you because or, or to the description that actually what drew me to the description was you can do as little as you want <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. as much as you want uh, yeah. and for me doing as little as I wanted was just what I needed and not to feel um again as a as a uh, an introvert who who's a bit tired sometimes you know I do get a bit yeah. tired and I need rest you know I'm on the go a lot so I need rest when I'm away and not to feel like a leper for not going on things and, and taking part but, I mean that's the whole point isn't it like I think a lot of if you try to go on a photography related workshop slash retreat nine and a half times out of ten it's going to be it's going to be filled with with powerpoint and and workshops and 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 things you have to do and I just nothing like there's lots of that out there if you want it but I think when you get to a certain stage in your photography you kind of know the technical stuff you need to know that's not why you're going away and I think I wanted to do something for people who 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 aren't trying to go away and learn the basics of of the technical side of photography but are trying to take care of themselves because they're down the road a little way and and you're right yeah I mean that's that that's exactly what we went for, which is why we called it a, a creative retreat. There wasn't there was photography wasn't anywhere in the description because that wasn't what we were offering. It wasn't what we were suggesting was a, the reason to go. But but the other side of it is, you don't need to go with a group of people, which you'll know as well. I mean, you you can take a retreat on your own. The the good side about going away with a group is you do get that community aspect, which is which is lovely. But I mean, you and I, from having chatted to you, have both taken retreats many times in our lives. And I mean, this this book we're talking about came out of a retreat I took to Iceland for four days just to go sit in a log cabin. And, and I, I had to sit in the log cabin because the weather was horrendous. So I didn't have a choice. So I used that time to, to and the whole book sprang out of that. You can absolutely just take yourself away with the intention of making space for yourself for a few days. Um, it's There's lots of ways to do it. I, I do it on a... A semi daily basis, I'll take myself for a good hour long walk just to disconnect and get away from screens and emails to just create some quiet space because that's when ideas come. Not, not to you know even like a little micro retreat like that, and it kind of is you know a walk out in in, in quiet is a kind of little micro retreat. Um, you can do these things all the time. Get to the practice of building these things into your life um, is 
is I think what that taking that breath, that in-breath, that inspiration for yourself is all about. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, and yeah, I do it a lot now, actually. I, know, I didn't used to. I was, always felt guilty. I actually still feel a little bit guilty, but I just do it anyway now because <laughs> I kind of know I need to. Uh, but yeah, the guilt's still there. I shouldn't, I should be at mm. home with kids or washing up or whatever. Um, mm. And in fact, I was just talking to my mum. I don't think my mum listens to this podcast, so we were right. And she was, we were talking about my son and she was like, yeah, yeah, he needs, um, just that stability and that kind of like somebody that's always there for him. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Um, but, and I am away a lot now. I, I am away a lot, but, uh, I realised after a period of real not not ill health but bad health that I, I need to, I need to do it and actually um, creativity is part of your well being isn't it It's like you can't really separate the two We need to we need to be creative to be well because it's a, it's it's human There's a film Have you seen um, Where'd You Go Bernadette No, I've seen that I should watch it It's really quite good But it's about a lady who gave up on her she was an architect she gave up on that to look after the family and do everything else and she goes a little bit loopy <laughs> basically but you know uh-huh. it can either come out in 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 mental ill health or physical ill health can't it when you deny yourself that that period of time but um so no i do it now anyway and i do it um regardless of the voices in my head <laughs> you learn to override them don't you <laughs> well because you don't you don't have as much to give out do you if you don't take that space for yourself and i think that you can legitimately worry that you're being selfish if you're doing it all the time but i think making making a point of taking care of yourself properly and not just pouring yourself out for other people is essential because you're not going to last if, if you don't make that a habit I mean, we knew that when we went for, when, when I studied psychology at university, one of the things they really drummed into us was if you're going to be a psychologist or a therapist of any sort, you better make sure you're in regular therapy yourself. Because if you're not having an opportunity to, to speak about the things you're struggling with and taking care of yourself and constantly taking care of other people's burdens, you're going to burn out 100%. So it's, it's just, it's the same principle, really. One of the things that I really like doing is when I'm in my, when I go away in my van, I park out of signal sometimes mm. <laughs> on purpose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I know that, I know the laybys, I know the beaches that have got no signal. <laughs> and I'll, I'll just go there and I'll say to, well, I'll say to, to everyone, I'm going to be out of signal for the night. And just one night without having like, um, communication and without having, I don't have electric really in my van either. Mm. So without having a screen time, it's just incredible. And you, you just, sometimes I just lie there and the sound is just, yeah. uh, it's usually waves because I'm usually parked by the sea. Mm. Uh, it's, it's an amazing thing to do. And that's when that's you, those are the times when I've wrote, written the, the best bits mm. of work or I've had a new idea or if I've gone oh, yeah I'm going to write a book on that or I'm going to do a bit of work on this so so it's, it's really important as you say so as you say it doesn't have to be uh, a trip to Italy although that was rather nice because it was yeah, absolutely yeah do it do it your way I mean if that might be the way you want to do it, it might be another way you know it's uh yeah but just make sure you're making a habit of it fantastic Thank you for joining me. I think everybody's going to go out and buy your book now. I'm pretty sure they are. <laughs> well, they should do if they haven't already. It, it really is. It really is. Uh, you know, uh, it's, it's amazing and so so helpful. As are your your YouTube videos. So, um, we we'll look forward to seeing what what's to come from you. And thank you so much for for joining me today. Thanks for having me.
thanks for listening today. I'm truly grateful for you taking the time out to listen in. If you feel inspired in any way, I'd really appreciate it if you could share or review the show. You can also share it on Instagram and tag me or reach out with any thoughts. I'm at Margaret Soraya and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.